The Pinball Network is online. Launching Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. All right, Tom, are you ready? I think so. Travis, I anybody watching video knows, but Travis, are you are you ready? Let's just get on with it. All right, here we go. <laughs> we We're three guys who like to talk pinball So we came up with a cloud card name We're Joel and Travis Scott who talk pinball And we call ourselves Triple Drink, Triple Drink, Triple Drink We're Triple, Triple Drink Triple Drink <laughs> Alright, uh, first off, we actually had a listener reach out And um, they're going to make us a video They're going to make us a video for that so it hasn't happened yet, but um, maybe anybody that's watching the video now after the fact, thank you. If you're watching this on YouTube, you know, leave a comment, all that stuff. Um, is but, is yeah. this shy Travis right now? Or? Well, there's the deal. So we, um, so yes, video is coming for the intro, but Travis right now, for anybody that's listening to the audio podcast currently is turned backwards. We're looking at the back of his chair. So Travis, feel free to do your dramatic reveal. <laughs> this is your moment. You go for it. No, I'm good. I'll just, I'll just, I can do it like this. (laughs) So, okay. Yes. Well, you sound great. So all the audio listeners are probably loving it. I mean, Um, we need, I, at least, I don't know if, if people start subscribing, maybe I'll turn around. So $29.99 a month. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Patreon. We actually got another Patreon member recently. I really appreciate that. Thank you for all the Patreon supporters. Um, we actually just paid off our, our, uh, merch bill. And so we're letting that build back up and we're going to see what we're going to do after that. But thank you for that. And we have people buying merch. It's awesome getting, um, notifications from Silverball swag, you know, so we're selling merch, which is great. It's, it's really cool to see it in public. Tom's been sending me pictures and whatnot. So I think it's become a popular, uh, thing to wear at district 82, but Travis, you look ridiculous. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Give me some dramatic music or something. Uh, Tom, Tom, (laughs) give me a beat. Uh, hold on. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Who listens to this show? Who yeah. spends their time? Well, the answer is nobody. Oh, yeah. What was that? that was, <laughs> Did you just unzip something? <laughs> <laughs> what? That was a record scratch. This isn't a strip Here, Okay, ready? There we go. Okay. Ready, yeah, Travis? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Wow. <laughs> oh, what a terrible setup that was. Show it off, Travis. What do you got on? Yep, move the mic a little bit. There it is. That is a bad girl's t-shirt. A bad Talking girl's t-shirt. Bad girls. Look at that. Oh, there's uh we had a listener. I don't know if he wanted to be shared or not, but we had a listener that that reached out to me. And he said their local league, he printed a bunch of these bad girls shirts and just thought that Travis deserved one. So for the audio listeners, it's pink. (laughs) It's a pink shirt. It says bad girls on the front with some bad girls graphics on the back. He actually sent me, oh, Tom's wearing his triple drain merch. Look at that. I'm wearing a Lando Calrissian shirt. How's that? (laughs) How's that for, (laughs) for, um, for, yeah, for supporting this podcast. But anyways, the, he reached out to me. Thank you so much. He actually sent me a shirt as well. Um, he had some odd sizes, so none of the sizes fit Tom. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for the support. Hopefully Travis, that's become what are you saying I'm shirt. fat, Joel? Um, no, it's the fat? opposite. There were two the sh- XLs. <laughs> <laughs> the shirt yeah. is pretty dope. I got to admit. Yeah. Who would have you know thought? what else is cool? Like in the background, I'm going to take, I want to take the spotlight off me. I want to uh-huh. put on Joel because uh-huh. Joel doesn't get enough. Obviously. <laughs> Joel, if you could spin slightly, Tom, look at that. Stern Insider Connected working right there, right behind him. 
Yep, I, fired my games up right before we started. Like, oh, but this I updating. See. Yeah. This it's is updating. funny though. Looking in the background, it's the Let's tell of two different companies. There's there's like a Wi-Fi update going on over yeah. your left shoulder, and over your right shoulder is like the new hotness for toppers. Oh, Cactus right Canyon. There. Yeah, Cactus Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're gonna talk more about that. But I don't know. can you hear my Led Zeppelin topper in the background? No. Okay, we can't even good. see it, but you know what? It looks pretty sweet in the background. Though. Yeah, his lights are Thank on. Thank you for turning it on. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got yelled at by Joel last episode. So. <laughs> he is pretty tyrannical well, look, as a producer. Look at Travis's. I mean, his. it's it's cool. It's like seeing a, a, something grow before our eyes. You know, your background is, is slowly you. emerging. You have a few more items. You have books Ooh. that I didn't know you knew how to read. I do have something right here. <laughs> what else do we got? Oh, Those are picture showing? books, Joel. I can oh. tell. Well, yeah, cover up my cover up my address here. But look, what were you shipped? Look, it's a box. This. It's a cardboard yeah, box. It's a box. Yeah. It's a box. But so it's the uh, Translite. Yeah, it's the Theater of Magic, Le Translite. Ooh, it's been signed by Brian Allen. Nice, fantastic oh. artist. How'd, I didn't how'd know you, you steal had a that. Of magic. I do not have a Theater of Magic. I have a sickness, Joel. Oh, it's called buying a Translite, the game oh. I don't have. But I'm well, like, it's sounds, art. I'm going to put it on the wall. Like, perfect. somewhere, you know. So. Believe it or not, yesterday I got a translate in my, in my, oh. uh, in the mail. Uh, what I actually did was, um, what I saw on the TNA 2.0 or the TNA forum is that the new TNA 2.0, the back glass, which is printed actually on glass, is much more saturated. It's a, it's a much brighter. The, the colors are much more vivid. Somebody had a side-by-side picture of it. And, um, so sure enough, I reached out to spooky to see if I could just buy one and they sold me one. So I bought a new one. So now I have, uh, I will be putting that one in my TNA and then I will have my other TNA that I can hang on the wall. So yeah. Very cool. Tom, did you get a, did you buy, buy a translate? You, no, <laughs> everybody loves Joel and Travis. I don't get shit. We paid for it. <laughs> we, we used our money and bought it. Oh, <laughs> that's, oh okay. that's how that works. Yes. I mean, but, I use my wife's money, but yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah whatever yeah, yeah, Joel yeah. said. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we actually have a bunch of stuff to talk about and we'll just start at the top of the list. So we're going to start with the pinball awards. Last, um, last time we record was actually on a Friday. It was right before I left for the pinball awards. Uh, we had a fantastic episode with Neil, by the way, got a lot of positive feedback from Neil. Um, it was really cool. A lot of people enjoyed hearing about just the European pinball scene and what, how different that is. And then also I got a lot of feedback of like, it's really cool to hear from a, uh, from a bond fanatic, you know, who's looking at bond, not just like every other pinball buyer, like this is a dream theme. What does that mean for him? The bond 60th, obviously he's getting both. He's getting a topper for both and just kind of hearing all that. So Neil was fantastic. It was awesome having him on, but we did record directly before, like 24 hours before the Pinball Awards. Um, so just a brief recap of the Pinball Awards. Um, first off, it was awesome. I was a part of those, um, not only part of the committee that that dealt with, you know, planning and judging and um, counting votes and all that stuff. But we ended up having like 55 actual judges that that filled everything out. And then we had like 150 something public that voted as well. And it was really cool. There were multiple categories where the public vote actually decided either second or third place. So I know um, one of them, it was, I think, photography. No, it was photography. Nudge Magazine did win. It was writing. Um, I think the public vote was actually the deciding factor between Nudge getting it or Nap Arcade. And then from a streaming standpoint, Thank you very much for the people that voted for the pinball, um, the flipping out stream. Uh, we got second, but third place 
was actually a three-way tie with the judges. And it was a three-way tie between Dead Flip, Don't Panic Flip, and Fox City's Pinball. So Tom Graff actually... Fox City's pinball was by the judges was a three-way tie. And then the public vote ended up being the deciding factor that pushed Dead Flip into the third place. So always a popularity contest. (laughs) Well, that's what you get with a public vote. I'll never win that. That's what you get. Yeah. But judges-wise, I mean, Tom, what you do is fantastic. And thank you for everybody that voted for uh, the Flipping Out stream, which has been awesome. Um, Other things. Podcast. Guys, the three of us, this was another thing. We actually got third. It's fitting. It's fitting. Triple Drain, what? you know, taking third. Who'd we yeah. lose to? Uh, okay, so we lost to the what? Pinball Show, which I agree. Okay. I think the Pinball yeah. Show, I, I love them. I, I Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, do you, what do you mean you agree? Joel, I, I, I voted vote for? for? I voted for the Pinball Show. I look at the Pinball Show. It's consistent. <laughs> it's entertaining. <laughs> Travis, you have to admit, as a distributor... It's kind of insane, but like the pinball show has almost been like a news source for you. You're getting information. Travis I, is being dramatic. I just look my codes updating for Mandalorian. Look at Insider like, and you hate Insider Connect. I and go, it's actually <laughs> now what what are you saying now? I go where? I'm for saying my information? as a distributor, there mm-hmm. are times where you're getting information from the pinball show. And Strangely I know enough, not off. for Godzilla. <laughs> It's Sorry. pissing you off. From you, the pinball you, show, which part? I'm well, confused. Just, like Zach. Zach shares information about like what's on the line or what's this or stuff that he's heard. Like you know, what? some of this is not direct communication Joel, that you're I getting. I see the same emails. What are you? Okay. okay. <laughs> <are> you <laughs> All right. Well, no, I'll, saying, I'll be on. I'll be honest. Yeah. De- yeah. Dennis, Dennis may not like this. I actually have not listened to a TPS <laughs> show in about five months. Yeah, since you started working in pinball. It's been a little while. It's been a hot minute. But I I need to listen, though. I listened to EGP last week. That's a great show. And I listened to uh, Loser Kid the other day. I listened to Poor Man's the other day. And I I did watch your thing, though. The the Joel and Friends. (laughs) The show that that Tom's leaving (laughs) us for. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm I'm leaving. Tom's not leaving you. I'm not yeah, leaving you guys. So I don't even get invited yes. to that show. Tom, you're <laughs> like, Joel, Joel and off friends. the list. <laughs> if, if Tom, if you want to stay awake, you are happy to be on that show. I would love for you to be on that show. Travis, unfortunately, can't be on that show anymore because it is flipping out with friends and True. the pinball company. You know, I just, Joel, Joel and friends. It's a big war. But so basically, <laughs> yes. the big war. So, but basically, what's going on? It's like I've heard Zach on other stuff. I've heard yep. Dennis on other stuff. I just haven't heard them both the combined, and that's yeah. fine. But yeah. I, I, I need to figure that out. I think. I mean, I. But personally the, the bottom for the line is, show, Joel. Yes, Joel voted for somebody else, though. Tom, I sure you did. hear that. Yeah, I sure true. did. As a judge, I who's was, your second? Who, who'd you vote for second? Did you we only get? voted one. Yeah. Oh. And, well, never and mind. I, as a judge, we are told mm-hmm. to be, um, what's the word, like, uh, um, not objective or subject, whatever it is. You're supposed to be professional in, like, what what it, you're voting yeah. for the pinball as a whole, not me personally. What Do I, you think what I so find. little of the show that you actually produce? <laughs> <laughs> Do I think, believe it or like not, double-barreled even, middle finger. Even if I look at the last, how long have we been recording? We've had, whatever, five-plus minutes. Do I feel like the five-plus minutes of content we've just provided the pinball community is as valuable as the pinball show? Yes. No. <laughs> no yes. No a, thou- a thousand percent. <laughs> yes. Look at Tom. Yeah. Tom. <laughs> what am I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Tom, yeah. Tom's, Tom's, Tom's like, yeah. why do I even show up? So yeah. what I will say is we actually got, so we actually tied 
with no, no, we didn't tie. So Silver Ball Chronicles, David Dennis, but um, they got <laughs> second. But the way it worked, which this is what was funny, is they beat okay. us by Never one mind. vote. It Silver makes Ball, sense now, Tom. Why Silver Joel Ball hates us so much? Chronicles. He lost to David Dennis. David That's Dennis. Why. Yes. Yeah, he comes out. Okay. Silver Ball Chronicles beat us by one vote. So theoretically, mm-hmm. if I would have voted for us, then we would have tied. And then the public vote, though, we beat Silverball Chronicles by a large margin. So we got second in the public vote. So either way, we're doing well. Is We're doing well. I appreciate all the people that listen to us, that happen to vote for us, or think of us. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Twippies to see where we line up there. But it's just, I'm glad we have people that are enjoying this show, not only the podcast, but also on video. You know, we see the views there. So really, thank you so much for the support. Patreon, I know merch, everything. Tom Thank and you so I much. very much look forward to the Twippy <laughs> votes and seeing what three podcasts you voted for. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we very much look forward to that. No, no, no. Twippies, I can vote for me. Twippies, I can be, what do I want? I voted for us uh, in the Twippies. Don't worry. Don't Did worry. you? Has yes. the voting already happened? That's God, my question. You are so, yes, I really happened. don't know. It happened a long time ago. But and, anyways. and again, I'd like to congratulate Dead Flip and Canada's Pinball Podcast for winning, for winning. the Twippies. For winning. Hey, hey. Dead Flip came back to the pinball. Oh, he, yeah, he came back to the Twitch pinball. He he, he saw he saw Indisc was just going off, and he's like, "Oh, yep." Like here here's pinball. I, I rediscovered I think, it. So good I, for him. I think Jack Danger realized, like, uh oh, Carl's Carl's making waves on Twitch in pinball. I think it's great. Yeah. To, I, I really wish everybody would stream in pinball, though. I think you know they what I mean? J- yes. Just because it, I think it just adds more to it. It gives more visibility for everybody. Well, it's about the pinball streamer. community. Well, yeah. Yeah. So right? what, it gets big. What sure. we're talking about is so Jack Danger and there are others, but sometimes they stream in the just chatting category and the just chatting category of Twitch is an incredibly popular category where you can guess. I mean, there's oversaturated. There's so completely. much there. Yeah. So the thought is if you have somebody like Jack Danger streaming and just chatting and some Joe Schmo opens up Twitch and clicks on the just chatting category that they may randomly see, oh, what's this? This is pin-. like they may stumble up upon it. While obviously when you stream within your own category, nobody's going to stumble upon that unless they happen to think, oh, pinball. And then they search for pinball. So I get it from an outreach standpoint. I could see that. But at the same time, like this is the community we are trying to build. So it is surprising that Carl Carl was streaming in, in pinball. That's where he's been. And then with the um, Indus stream getting top the, the top page, like it blew up. And so what was kind of surprising was to see Jack Danger, who's been streaming under the just chatting category for a long time now. He's back. He's back in the pinball category. And I, I don't know. I wonder if Twitch like was like, hey, you're a pin, you're a you're a Twitch ambassador for the pinball category. Maybe you should stay in the pin. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Twitch thing or if it's just a personal decision. But either way, either it's way, it's a good back. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's a great back. thing to, to stream in there. And, you know, I we had to stop Tom. From streaming in the hot tub, like channels too. Like we told, he yeah. debated with us. He's like, yeah. guys, thinking about retiring from pinball. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. blow up a hot tub. I'm gonna <laughs> fill it with Mountain Dew and that's, sit in front of these machines. That'd be good. That's when he'd leave us. That's when he'd leave. He us probably sure. would blow yeah. up doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we know. It's um, <laughs> other parts from the pinball awards. It was cool seeing some people in person. Um, I actually met Jason from the pinball party. Yay. I, he, he was, adds that. It was great meeting him. Super nice guy. Obviously, George from Panic Flip, I know him. He was there. Amanda Hamilton was there. 
Um, I mean, it was great. It was just yeah. a great time. And I check will out some people, of Jason's songs too, like uh, his Neon Dale stuff. Neon, Neon Dale, yeah, his really good album's fantastic. I would just say, looking ahead next year, mark it on your calendar. We we did like almost ten thousand dollars worth of giveaways, which was incredible. People were winning stuff. So just next year when the Pinball Awards are announced that date, mark it on your calendar. Be there for the live experience. It was awesome just being there and chat, going nuts, uh, have a chance to win some stuff. And if you have a chance to come in person, it was it was so much fun. It was absolutely a blast to do. Um, side note, I, I do have to mention this because I, I'm truly impressed. Uh, Jason is is good friends with the people at Nudge, Nudge Magazine. And so Jason actually brought me one. and. It is, this is actually fantastic. This is actually fantastic. It's soft touch. Not only does it feel good, feel good, but like the photography in here is incredible. Whoa, and was that a centerfold layout? Uh, no, there's no centerfold, but there's good. I mean, there, the photography with the pinball ASMR right now. <laughs> Rub it some more, Joel. Rub no. it some more. No, not seriously. Don't oh, okay. actually do <laughs> <laughs> the photography is exceptional and the articles are actually incredibly well written and quite funny. Um, I would just say if anybody's on it or like thinking about whether or not they should buy this magazine, you should. You should is the buy answer. Buy it. I am incredibly impressed. This is the second edition. The first one's already sold out, but I do. I need to hop on there and become a subscriber and just get everyone from here on out because I, I really am impressed by this. So thank you. Thank you for this. Um, and I'm looking forward to reading many, many more. So I will bring, you know, next time I should bring these with me. So, uh, I can't get over you chilling and rubbing the product. It feels good. Little, it has soft just, touch on it, sexual guys. In here. I'm just waiting for him to <laughs> reach both hands out of the camera view and just pull back in precision flippers and just start. Just oh, those rolling. don't feel good. Those don't feel good. You don't, it's just shiny metal, the metal on metal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and now I'm, I now I'm conflicted because, um, pin clash, I pin clashes on Godzilla and I haven't put precision flippers on Godzilla, but I'm pretty confident it wouldn't be, I, I'm assuming that that would be could that be upon. banned. I was about to say, Carl, I think you should ban precision I flippers. I don't wow. know. Carl. Joel's going to enter pin clash, well, which by the, by I the way, I think everybody should put pin, lightning flippers on their game. I, I guess, I guess <laughs> before, yeah, before we go further, we probably should actually say, Hey, there's a new pin clash coming yeah. out from uh, Carl D'Angelo. I think that the qualifying on Godzilla starts what February 17th. It's not. Yeah. I think it's I a think, week away. Yeah. yeah. So it's like open qualifying. We'll get into mm -hmm. that more later, but if you have a Godzilla, you have a streaming rig and a stream that's on Twitch. You can enter it just like Joel apparently is going to out of the three of us. And I guess now you're going to use basically like steroids. No, I'm not going to put, put I'm not going to put precision flippers on it, but are, it would be interesting. You? It would be interesting to hear. I've already been reading the discord and people are like, well, where do the outlines need to be? And Carl's like, I don't care. You can close them all the way up. Like he doesn't, it's like, oh, okay. So rubber I rubber band that shit. Yeah. Be, yeah. Might as well. <laughs> Curious to see what he thinks, but definitely look into pin clash, uh, triple drain. We are actually sponsoring pin clash. We, we threw a hundred dollars into the pot as well as a comfy from Travis is going to send a comfy. And we gave a very unique, um, goal, which our goal is of all submitted times of all the submitted times that end up being submitted. Whoever gets the dead center one, the middle of the pack. Technically, you are average. You're not above average. You're not below average. You are average. Whoever gets that score is winning $100 and a comfy from Travis. Travis is holding his hand up. How? What What time are you going to get on this challenge, Joel? I will be below average. 
I will be below the it. time average. I will absolutely yeah. be below average. No, 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 no. We can, we can lean into this. What's a good time? I have no or, idea. Uh, not time. It's not time. No, it's not this time. Is what it's, a, it's not time. This is what Travis. total carnage bonus I know. Tokyo. No, Joel, Joel is going for time. I'm just curious. <laughs> like, this is how? Travis finds a weakness <laughs> and then he, he has to dive on in. I'm it's just not time. Asking. My game I'm just updated everybody. Yeah, mine's oh, still doing it. But still, Godzilla has yet to uh, even update. No. Uh, well, it'll get there. Shame. It'll get okay, there. Okay, so basically what's happening is you can find the information at pinclashtourney.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It starts <laughs> starts February 17th. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> it goes Sunday through April 2nd <laughs> on Twitch. Damn it, yes. Tom. <laughs> it wasn't so, me. I swear No, that to was God. your game rebooting, wasn't it? It was. It's a duck that like... Meh. It's a weird <laughs> sound. Was. Have you never that was rebooted? from the pinball machine? Yeah, have yeah. You ne- I bet mine will do it when it restarts. It makes this very weird sound. It's very strange. Well, his sounds like it's actually like doing an unzipper, like no. a, a zipper sound. Okay. Anyways, so it's just what's on your mind? <sighs> just rubbing that nudge machine. So, anyways, oh. <laughs> it's a carnage bonus. You got to play the best one ball Tokyo carnage. And we're not going to explain what car, Carnage Bonus is. because yes, we've, we we've done it in a previous <laughs> podcast. We've already done it. Obviously, you just try we, to collect this within like 10 I, seconds so you can qualify like Joel does. I say we go, we go, go more into detail next uh, podcast on, about it yeah. because there's going to be a meta. There will be a strategy that people are going to hone in on, and we can probably strain, explain that strategy. I know Travis is already – he's already – thinking. Is it, is it called it. the bridge yeah. meta? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. we're, we're going to dive into it. It should be really good. It should be really good. I mean, um, and Car- Carl already streamed a um, an attempt, an attempt. Mm. How'd that and go? I don't. Well, I don't think he drained the entire game. <laughs> well, it's Carl. That's, I know. It's yeah. like amazing. Like, yeah, it's how do one, you do that? I don't know. He's really good. Um, last little note that I have on the pinball awards is innovation. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I thought it was really interesting hearing some other podcasters that didn't vote in that section. So most innovative pinball machine. There was there were podcasters that didn't vote. They felt like last year there was nothing innovative in pinball. And we actually had a Facebook, so for Tom had put on our Facebook post that we were going to record, and there was somebody that actually mentioned that. And they said, do you think that, like, can we still be innovative in pinball? And so uh, Weird Al, Weird Al actually won that category. And I think a lot of people lean into it being a P3 game. And so sure, if we look at Weird Al, it has a hamster wheel. That's unique. I've never seen that before. And then it had that magnet on the ramp to help pull it up. But I think a lot of people lay into the fact that it or lean into the fact that it's it's a P3, like the P3 platform is innovative, which I agree. I 100 yep. percent agree. But that platform shouldn't win every year because it's right. the same. So it's looking ahead. I, I, I challenged myself on, well, what, what was the last thing that I thought was truly innovative in pinball? And the thing that I thought of was the the magna grab on on Godzilla. I thought that post with a magnet i've never seen that before i've never seen that implemented that way before i thought that was a truly innovative toy it was a unique toy um so i don't know it's it's the the conversation was is the only way to be innovative these days to be code or you know even even elwin on the 60th like he made that design all out of the top of his head and then come to find out the figure eight is very similar to a figure eight that's in diamond lady. Isn't that like, it's another game. He's like, Oh, I didn't, you know, like 
are we at a point where there's so much pinball out, like trying to be innovative with a layout is even a challenge? I don't know. What are your thoughts on pinball innovation or? I mean, Bond 60 has four spinners on it, like Mm -hmm. optical spinners. I don't think that that's been done on anything. So there's innovation right there. I mean, so so what I don't know is who won for innovation last year, the pinball awards? The year prior? I assume it would be the I think it was Godzilla. I think Godzilla won everything last year. Did they just, did they... Was there a award for exactly what the innovation is, or was it just saying like this game was it's innovative? Just, which that game what it was is? most innovative? It's it's not a yeah. You, you weren't you okay. voted for Godzilla. You didn't vote for the manga. Yeah, I yeah. think that's part of it. It's to me, it's very difficult to say that any one game is innovative to the point of you know having an award for it every year. It, it, to me, it would make much more sense to have just innovation mean just something general in a game such as like a bash toy a rule set so you vote for a, a particular mech oh. yeah i mean because that's that's where the innovation is i mean that's a that's a good point when you look at it it's like toy story okay what do they have they have a jump ramp right i mean it, that could be i mean it's happened but maybe the way that a jump ramp is implemented could be a big like to me it's it's like for instance i look back on no good gophers right mm-hmm. it has a jump ramp Plenty of games have a jump ramp, but what makes that one especially innovative? It's the fact that you could actually jump ramp towards the right into a hole in one, which is a cool moment in the game. Yeah. Like that leads to a cool moment. So to me, that's kind of what I look to. Like if, if there's a new <laughs> mech, does it lead? There was a game. But see, Godzilla had two of them though. Godzilla had the building. Right, but, that was yeah, pretty, that the, was pretty cool. That changed yeah. the shot path. Wait, 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 wait. what's his butt? What, what do you? Well, well but. no. Some people say the building is just Doctor Who, which I agree. I mean, it's not. It's not. But they they refer to how the, did how thing. did Doctor Who change the ramps? How did I it get? It. I the understand the uh, the the building moving. The fact that it was diverse. I agree. I agree that's that it was deal. different. So, but there so are people cool that about, argue that. Right, but then that's what I would say back. Like, what shots did you know that divert? It didn't like really divert anything, but on Godzilla, it did. Like yeah, yeah. if you change, if you changed it it not only diverts the shots, if you really dig down into it, it changes to where certain other things start, like your bridge attack multiball that it may change from right or left. It changes how you approach other modes. Like, so to me, that is true innovation. When something, when a certain mech in a game changes how you even play during okay. certain phases of the game. So to me, that's, that's what I look for as well. So, even even Rush has a toy that that has an innovative feat. Innovative. Oh God, I can't talk. Okay. I'm gonna talk like yeah. I'm five. Yeah. <laughs> you fit right into this group. Don't worry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the the ramp on uh, on Rush Premium. Oh, raising li- up and down. No. With the it lights. lights up. Oh, I, I'll does, give you that. It does pretty cool stuff with those lights. So. I think this is actually I, I I this is a great idea because I think if instead of the voting being like which game's most innovative, Rush versus this versus this, if it would have been like Rush light up ramp compared to Alien uh you know grabbing the ball with the mouth compared to Fathom having uh displays in the apron, you know, like that's unique. You know, like exactly. if they would have yep. mentioned each individual thing, which of these things do we feel is the biggest, like, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 so. I mean, cause otherwise we might as well say like the best innovation is like an LCD screen 
every well, single year. Yeah, and that's my fear. It's, it's going to be the P3. It'll be the are P3 we, every we, year. Yeah. Well, no, you, we might as well say like Stern Insider Connected. Forever yeah. will be the biggest innovation because now we can update, update like you guys are showing without touching yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, guess I think it's we, useful. <laughs> <laughs> we just have right. to properly <laughs> properly define innovation. I, I think we just got to be careful of of putting that as a blanket on a game. I think it would be better to highlight certain individual stuff because there is a lot of engineering that goes into this. Yeah. Or there's a lot of decision making that comes from people that may not even be the engineers. It may be the coders. It may, you know what I mean? So like stuff like that. That's No, I think I think that that would just be a better way to go about it. I agree. And and if anybody listening watched, uh, so so the Pinball Awards, it's on, if you go to the Pinball Network on YouTube, you can watch it there. Um, um, it's under the live section. It was fantastic. I, it I really enjoyed it. It was extremely well produced Thank for you. a live yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, I, it was great. We, we had a lot of uh, talent, if you want to say that, uh, in that room that, you know, we all pitched in on making, you know, doing our parts and George, uh, George Fisher, you know, we, with OBS, he's a wizard. He knows what he's doing. Jason was there with audio. Like we had all the pieces we needed to have a great time. And, uh, yes, I know we were very proud with how it went and I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to doing it again. The best um, moment, Joel. Yeah. Was when you got up in front of the, the stuff and you were like, <laughs> so, so that moment, <laughs> that moment. So we gave Greg and Zach a, a screen that they had on a monitor that they had on their podium so they could see what was actually on stream. So they would know we didn't hear the videos. So we, in the room, we had no idea what, like it was silent when the videos were playing between uh, categories. So we didn't know, like he was, wa- they were watching those videos and then George was like 10 seconds, five seconds. And then he'd kind of point where to go. Well, what Zach didn't know was that monitor was touchscreen. So he was actually looking at the same monitor that George was. So he touched the screen and he actually changed scenes. So we were in the middle of the video and he changed a scene. And then then it was kind of a scramble to where were we? Let's get back to the scene kind of thing. And so George just like turned on the mic so it wasn't silent. So we could hear Zach being like, "Uh oh, I messed up what I do, you know. (laughs) And so in the room. People are like, well, what, like Zach's like, what are we looking at? Like, what are we looking at right now? And George goes, uh, Joel, cause somebody had clicked my scene. So I'm just standing there like, uh-oh, what's going on? And they're like, what are we looking at? Uh, Joel. And then everybody in the room looks at me. So apparently I panic and the response is this, I don't know, like just pumping my arms. So it ended up creating a classic. funny moment. It was but classic it was, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So when you when I realize I'm on camera, apparently that's what I'm going to do. But anyways, Pinball Awards, it was fantastic. Check it out. But if you have any feedback, like that's actually a really good point. Instead of doing just most innovative pinball machine, actually, what's the most innovative thing? I like that. I like that. I think that would be worth proposing to the to the committee. But yeah, feel free to email the pinball network at gmail.com. Thoughts, anything like that. Um, or comment, comment on the comment on the video on YouTube. Other awards, believe it or not. Travis won a Pinball Degenerates Award. Oh, he sorry. Won- I, I'm supposed to do this like <laughs> yes, Joel yes. did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Pinball Degenerates Award for what? The most degenerate score. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Who would have guessed your 0-0 ball one is going? Hey, that's It's just proof. I don't even have to flip the ball <laughs> to beat a Carl score yeah. or to beat an Eric Stone yeah. score. I don't even have to flip. didn't get that award. Yeah. yeah he had yeah. to do so no, much No, he just got board. a trophy and a bunch of award. money. No, <laughs> I got a trophy too. Oh, out that's, of this. that's like, true. A, you got a plaque. And yeah. some I don't money. know if they're giving money though for it. <laughs> well, for the, the pinball degenerate thing. award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. But you, you're screwed. You, 
you definitely need to put that behind you and continue to improve oh, your I background. Will. Yeah, I will. It's probably going to, yeah. yeah, it's going to go somewhere back there. Let's so, talk about what I won. What did you win, Tom? What did you win? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Pinball Degenerate Awards, it's, uh, it's the Pinball Degenerates Facebook group. It's a very entertaining group. Feel free to check them out. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of nominations for different things. Um, shout out to um, the Pinballers. They won the best uh, game room or the the most degenerate game room, which was pretty cool. So um, yeah, very neat, very neat. But I think that's it for awards. Uh, we're really, I mean, nothing really coming until Twippies, and we'll we'll have to talk about that um, after we record in late March. So should be a good time. Other Maybe things. we can do a live show. At oh yeah, Ikea. we will all be there. All three of us as of right now should Maybe. be at um, Texas Pinball Festival, which should be real good. If only um, we had mics that we could take with us. And a recorder. Well, we're going to put that on Travis. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. It probably won't get done then. Sorry, guys. O- other things worth discussing. Um, let's just go ahead and dive right into Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, um, it's come out. The the, the spooky team did a, a live stream. It wasn't live. They recorded it and then put it up on YouTube. Um, it's been out for a little while now. I know all three of us have watched it. Um, we'll start with Tom. Tom, initial impressions of what you saw from the Scooby-Doo gameplay. Um, it was interesting. Okay. Solid. Thank you. What any any particular things you found interesting? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you did not buy one. That's what I'm hearing. You did not run out no, and place an order I, for it Scooby-Doo. Was, it was fine. Um I I I thought the quality of the actual presentation could have been upped, but you know, oh, the actual stream, was, yeah, yeah, but it was, you know, it was spooky, so gotta give him a pass. Um, <laughs> of, of course, why not? Uh, the, the bookcase flippers, interesting, yeah. Um, actually, I thought that worked pretty well considering, uh, it's, it's very different. Uh, that, that left flipper on upper flipper on the uh, play field, but. Um, I, I didn't watch like a ton of it, so I haven't really like studied up on it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. Oh, uh, well, Tom, would you, would you, would you say the, the, the upper flipper would, would be innovative? Do you think that would qualify I do. I, next well, year as an innovative mech? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think oh. that would qualify for sure. Yeah. So what he's describing on the upper play field on Spooky, it actually, it's almost like a big L you have instead of your flipper, it's like an extension on that. And so what is unique is when you hit the center ramp, which actually goes up to the upper play field, you have to hold the upper left flipper like you would normally. And that actually moves that back part so that it stops the ball from just rolling right past the upper play field onto a ramp. So you have to kind of get used to that. And then the way that you're doing it, when you let go of the upper flipper, if you time it right, it almost like slingshots the ball over to the right. So you kind of have to use it to aim as well. It's it's a very unique way to control um, the ball movement up there. Um, it's almost my, like my, a teeter-totter or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. It, I think that that's probably the most interesting thing in the game because the upper flipper is set to look like a bookcase, which mm-hmm. fits into the theme. The fact that you could not engage it, let it still come down, right, mm-hmm. to the left flipper again. Or you could engage it, like Joel said, Hold it up and then use that top part of it to slingshot it into, I guess it's a Scooby-Doo lane or something like that. Or you could even let it roll down a little bit and use the bottom part of it 
to, to hit wherever you need to hit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that is pretty cool. Two separate areas to use as a flipper with this mech. I agree. I will say the um, the upper flipper, though, because of that, and I don't know if it's just the extra weight on the mech itself, but it's it doesn't seem like the ball that comes off that left flipper is super fast. Like, it seems kind of slow. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I mean, we'll have to figure that out when we actually play it. But there are, there are a bunch of shots in that upper play field. I held the upper play field. We had one to give away at the Pinball Awards. It's huge. It is a huge play field. Uh, there's like five or six shots up there. There's a horseshoe up there. So you have two shots there, a bash toy. And then there's like three shots over to the right. And I don't think you can backhand some of those shots on the right. So you're going to have to be able to hit that with the upper flipper. And whether or not you do it normally from the flipper or slingshot it, I don't know. This What's game up, is Tom? full of horseshoes. A lot of horseshoes. A lot, a lot of, horseshoes. of horseshoes. Yeah, I think there's a four, lot. Actually, if you of like horseshoes, this is your game. Yeah, if you like hitting a shot and immediately coming back at you, horseshoe. this is your game. <laughs> this is your game. Um, no, I will say at least. Well, you go first, Travis. What What are your thoughts? Your takeaways from Scooby Doo? I mean, it's so. Like I said, I'm not gonna really. How do I wear this? So I, I do agree with Tom. I, I wish that the presentation of the actual stream would have been a little bit better. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, at least that there's a stream out. It's something, you know. Yeah, I don't it, think it, they it, know anybody something. in Wisconsin that, that can stream <laughs> that. They are going to do an actual Jack Danger stream. The problem oh, is, which good. is kind of strange yeah. to me as well, since Jack is a, a stern employee. Yeah. Yeah. He's an actual pinball designer. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, but it is what it is. At least they're getting it out either way. So. But that being said, it's so for me, it was kind of difficult to listen in to what was going on because sometimes the game audio was clipping out of what they were they were trying to convey. And so that that part was a little chaotic for me. But, you know, at least just putting on mute and just following shots and following what the LCD screen was saying it. A lot of stuff made sense to me with what was going on. The the main takeaway that I took from it is the gameplay will take forever on this game. <laughs> like the ball yeah. times are forever. And one of the things that I was concerned about that we talked about before this even got like the gameplay reveal is the far right hand side leading up from basically the right in lane all the way up to, I guess it would be like a right orbit shot or the other horseshoe shots and all that. There's really nothing but that one slingshot mm -hmm. that's going to toss the ball out. So when you look at this design, nothing about it is really designed to be dangerous in general, to go to the outlets. And we even looked at some measurements and it's like even the gap from the post on the left-hand side to, I guess, that big plastic part, the, the gap's yeah. really not there for a ball to go to the left outlane. And it's a double left outlane there. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like unused parts of the play field. And I noticed... I, I think I might have saw it took about 20 to 25 minutes into this video into like a 40 minute gameplay video to even see a ball go to an outlane. I think if I remember, right. everything side. seemed to yeah. yeah, everything seemed to be draining right down the middle. And then they also have a target that will come up and actually save the ball yeah. from down the middle. So all of that combined is a little bit concerning for me. But at the same time, it's. I think that this game is not necessarily for people that are on location. I think it's more for people that are in a home environment, because if this is on location, you almost have to pull those posts out completely. But even then, it's like that could be dangerous because I think that that makes the plastic to those to the in lane and out lane. I think that makes it too exposed where then you'd have chip plastics, too. So 
I, I'm curious to see how that, how that works because none of the shots are seem dangerous going mm -hmm. to out lanes. And then even on that left side, you even have the lowest drop target, right? It, it, it seems to block shots going that direction as well. And everything just seems to just easily feed left in lane or go right back to the flippers in the play uh, field. I totally agree. That was my first, you know, I realized I was what, 10 plus minutes. It felt like into the video yep. and bug was yep. still on his first ball. And, and yeah. I know the designer said the reason they did so many horseshoe shots is they needed dangerous shots. They needed shots that sent the ball back at the flippers quickly because every other shot that isn't a horseshoe is a safe feed into a habit trail. There's like four or five habit trails but that the, all feed your lower flipper. Like the safely. problem is the problem is though a horseshoe shot, even if it feeds back to the flipper, that's still a safe shot. Safe shot that's, yeah. that's not dangerous yeah. for, for anybody that's above a casual they're going to learn to dead bounce it. They're going to learn to to catch it. So, mm -hmm. I mean, unless that ball's like going to a slingshot or something like that, which, you know, I, I just think by looking at by design, it feels like to me that this is designed for the casual in mind to have long game times, to have I, I, long okay. ball times. I think that's I think they fine. even said in their video, like something about tournament players. But well, yeah, they're they're obviously like they hoping. want this to be well, in tournaments. Want, yeah. No, I don't think so. Or yeah, it just I don't look at this game and think that it's designed with anything in mind other than the casual playing at home and getting to play for a long time. Well, so yeah, that brings up a whole other thing. But yeah. to yeah. to um to wrap up, what I would say is the physical layout. I I I know when we watched the spooky uh, the uh, the 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 Halloween stream, like immediately. We were just like, what is going on? I mean, with the with the scoops and the rejections and all this stuff, like there were immediate issues that we saw. So I will say coming out of the Scooby-Doo stream, there wasn't immediate issues that I saw when it came to mechanical or layout. What I will say, though, is like, yeah, that lower left side, there's two rows of drop targets. I don't I barely saw those used. The lower right side, they added an extra sling because there isn't anything there. I, I don't know if I ever even saw it go off. The outlanes are barely used. And then that middle diverter you can like collect Scooby snacks and then that gives you up to three saves. So it's almost like you have this ball save that's constant. Infinite. And, yeah. And well, the game plays too vertical off. too. That's the yeah. thing. The game does not require you to go horizontal not at all. Yet. It's, not I mean, yet. even then, because they have timers that time you out of stuff and the timers just, it, it seems lopsided with what the design is because I don't recall anybody even finishing a mode Really, um, until like about 18 minutes into the yeah. video. And then I saw the unmasked bonus. Is, isn't that how they finish the mode? Yeah. Like it's kind of like well, collecting can, a gem. You can finish a mode, but then if mm -hmm. you unmask them, you get like, that's where all the right. points are at. Finishing the mode starts that hurry up, right? Sure, yeah. So but that's that, that's what I'm wondering. Did any other modes get completed? Well, like easily because it felt like they were timing out of a lot of stuff. I don't, there was, so apparently there are actual character modes and I didn't see mm -hmm. any of those. Those aren't in there yet. And then I didn't see any multi-ball associated with the apron locks. I didn't see anything with that there yet, but overall, just speaking of code, I just, so to wrap up the overall physical layout, I want to shoot it. I think it looks unique. Um, it didn't look floaty like a wide body because it is a standard body on the bottom. You would disagree? I, I thought the game looked really floaty. At one oh. point, the ball got stuck on the upper play field because it lost momentum. Well, the upper play like, field, though, seems slow. The upper play field seemed slow like to every, me. Everything just looks slow to me. Like, it huh. just, that's that's the main takeaway. I know talking to a lot of other players that watched it as well, the, the vast majority felt like the, the game looked floaty. 
Okay. But but it's interesting. You don't think it looked floaty, and well, that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their I don't opinion. know. It, it, make it, it looked wrong. easy. I thought the layout, you know, there are plenty of reveal streams that we see, and it's you put some, and this this is kind of another conversation, but it's, you know, like Stern or Deadflip will do a reveal stream, and you'll get these people that step up to it, or even Buffalo, when they did the some of the reveal streams, like when they did the, um, I think it was Wonka or Pirates, and you had just casual people walk up, all of a sudden the game looks like a brick fest. And, yeah. and when you compare that to the people that are actually designing the game who have played this game more than anybody else on the planet, they, uh, you know, is the game easy or did they just make the game look easy because they know the shots? Like, but here's I don't know. The, here's the problem, you know until though. other people stream it. Here's the problem, though. Like, even even you just said, like, and I agree, the game looked easy overall. Mm-hmm. There wasn't many outlane drains, but then why were modes not getting completed so on a regular basis? Like, that's there's what a, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, the equilibrium is yeah. off right now. Well, so I, mean, I would say the physical layout. That's my kind of my takeaway. I, mm-hmm. I but it looks great. The light shows. I'm really happy with that. Now, talking about code, that's what I think is is weird here. Is I actually think the code is actually rather complex. They actually, some of these modes are are pretty involved. Um, and that's what it's like, well, why aren't we seeing these complete? Because they're long. Like they they made these, these modes very unique. Like one of the modes, you have to find certain shots at the bottom side. But to do that, you have to collect air up in the upper play field. So you have to hit a bunch of shots oh, up there. Captain Cutler. Yeah. You, once you yeah. get enough air, then you can go down low and hit a bunch of shots. It's like there are there's steps here. One of the modes is a safe. You're literally trying to crack a code. So you're trying to see there's four shots and you have to hit them in a very particular order. So you got to remember what you hit and hit it in that order. So to me, I think as like an I you're going to laugh, but like as an above average player, I would say that's exciting. That's exciting to me that these are unique and creative code. But yet we just said it seems like this layout is made for novice or casual people. These rules are not for novice, casual people. They're not going to have any idea what they're doing. I, w- I was looking at it, Joel, and I was even thinking I would have a hard time completing some of these modes because it, se- it seems to happen so quick. And even at one point, even at one point, they yeah. actually I think this is like I'm looking at the screenshot right now. This is about 18 minutes and 45 seconds into the video. They even put up a disclaimer of text over it and says that a mode can be super complicated. They play it again later. Stay tuned. And that was when they got into like the mystery van multiball, the multiball. Right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't explain it within 10 seconds. It just yeah. seemed like, and then it happened so fast. Like nobody knew what happened. There's no way the viewer knew what happened. I yeah. still don't know what happened. I just know that that multiball was there. So yeah, that's, that's the thing. It just seems like that there's a lot of shots for certain things. It seems to be obviously that, they're creating a, a wide mix of diversity in terms of like what type of shots you need to hit and how often you need to hit them. That's mm-hmm. what it seems like that they're going for. And that's fine. It's just at the same time, you still want these modes to be accessible for people. For people. So yeah. if it's accessible, that would be great. But even watching the, all of them play it, and they've played it plenty of times, that was the concerning part that I saw, that there was modes not being completed on a regular basis. It just felt like the timers went much quicker than what they should have been compared to how many shots had to be completed. Okay. Well, that would be a great, we we don't have to transition, but that, that actually makes me think about this game right here at Cactus Canyon a lot. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that, but when it kind of brings up this bigger picture and maybe feel free to write in triple drain at gmail.com or Facebook message us. But the thought there's like, 
if you're designing a game for novice people, and no, I don't think any manufacturer today is designing a game for novice people because that would completely turn off the rest of the pinball buyers that are like, oh, the game's too easy. But that's kind of a question is like, what, what do novice players actually want? Because they don't want deep code. They don't care. They need something quick, shallow, that's going to give them instant gratification. So to me, I, I mean, Caxis Canyon, we're going to dive into that. That game does that very well. But like the jump ramp in um, the Duke Boom ramp in Toy Story, simple, it's already lit, it's one shot, and then they keep trying it until they hit it. Like that's a simple novice level thing for instant gratification. Um, Godzilla, the thing right up in the middle is the building. Just keep hitting it and you're going to get your satisfaction. So I'm thinking like Scooby, if the layout is supposed to be more friendly, you know, what are they putting into that game? Like, I think the Captain Cutler thing up at the top is kind of a bash toy and there's magnets. Maybe that's the thing that that novice will want to do. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I look I look at it and I mean, I went ahead. I asked my kids. I asked my wife. I asked my friends and family, like out, out of this layout, what do you guys think? What interests you the most? And overwhelmingly, everybody was saying the upper play field. Sure. Like, no, nobody cared about the drop targets to the left. Nobody cared that it was a wide body. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared about the spinners. Everybody cared about the upper play field and that flipper mech that we talked about so, earlier. That's a bookcase. Yeah. So that that would be the part to go. So now it's just a matter of making that accessible to people that's close to the start button. That'd so be the goal. Here's though. an interesting thought. And and so think back to um Simpsons Pinball Party. The first time you go to the upper play field, it holds the ball and then it snaps that upper flipper to like let you know, like, hey, it's right here. So there's nothing in there from a mechanical standpoint that would that would because the center ramp is what feeds the upper the upper play field. But unless you have that flipper held, that ball is going to go whizzing by you. So that to me is like as a novice player, they're not going to be prepared for that. So I'm almost curious, what if they coded in that the very first time you hit that upper play field, it automatically holds your left flipper up, you know, something to just show that like, oh, like I think there needs to be some hand holding for these novice players. Otherwise, the ball's just going to whiz by every time. They're never going to be able to do anything on the upper play field. No, that's true. And I think a lot of this depends, too, are are these players playing on location. Mm. And I think Scooby-Doo would be a good location theme, too. I I think a lot of people would see it, unlike my camera that you can't see. But, I mean, what what do you think, Tom? Between between this, because, you know, I mean, we've all seen what Bond's done. On location we've heard some people report that bond's done fantastic on location we've heard others say it's not doing as well so when you look at this is just like two majorly different themes from a very similar era but i'm curious to see how scooby-doo carries over on a location setting yeah i don't know it's it's hard to say because i i think it'll do well just based on theme oh yeah so i think People are going to gravitate toward towards it just because of the theme. Whether they keep putting money in it, that's another story. But I, I if it's accessible, which it seems like it is, mm-hmm. I, I think it'll do well. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the big things is the bash toy on the mini play field too, which we haven't really touched on. I, I think I think people are really like bash toys oh yeah uh, especially something like that where it's not gonna absolutely kill you because it's not in front of your flippers so um i i it, it's hard to say now 
I've seen some spookies on location and they're usually down. So is this one going to survive the test and, uh, you know, be, be up and running, you know, kind of thing, uh, where it's not having issues. Um, that's yeah. another story. And yeah, I know they did a whole a new, deal. like operating system. They did a whole new, um, all the parts underneath there. It's a whole new system. So how reliable is it? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. What are you saying, Travis? No, I, I was just echoing Tom. That is a big deal. I mean, I know the location that I used to play at down in Oklahoma city at Cactus Jacks. They, they usually get every single spooky game. So I've played every single spooky that's been created at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they go down soon quicker than what they should. And it is a little bit frustrating because there are certain games that you want to be able to play for a while, like a TNA or a Rick and Morty, yeah. you know, or even Alice Cooper. There's some interesting shots on there. So yeah, I, I hopefully that these issues have been addressed because I mean, obviously the longer the games stay up on location, the more people get interested in your company and your teams that you're producing, the more you can get your brand out there. So yeah, hopefully that can be done. And I, I <laughs> see this doing well on location as long as it doesn't make those sounds. <laughs> Every one of your games is updating right it's now. It's Godzilla Tom, again. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's it. Like, it's letting you know it's ready, but yeah, I, I think the upper play field is pretty cool. Um, the ball obviously is designed to stay up there for as mm-hmm. long as you can with that uh, middle post. Yeah, between the middle post up there. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it is very friendly, and I will. I think you're right. I think you're onto something there. If novice see that, and the fact that the hands move of the guy, and it's a bash toy up there, that would be a pretty easy like, hey, hit the center ramp. It's gonna go up there, but you gotta hold your flipper up, and then just keep trying to hit him, yeah. and you start a multi ball. Like that's a very easy thing to communicate. But I don't. My I mean, my overall takeaways from the stream were like, I'm excited to play it. I'm, a, I'm impressed with how much code is already in the game. Like, I think they've really, there's a lot in there and they're only going to add more, you know, really great video clips. They've got good call outs. Like, I love that the code, the the actual modes are creative. I, I think that's, and they're very, each mode was very unique based on the villain and trying to tell a story. So I think they're doing a lot right. I think they're doing a lot right. But until more people touch the game and really feel like, how does it shoot? Is it too easy? How do you adjust that? I don't know. But but regardless, there wasn't any, I didn't walk away with like a bad taste in my mouth. It was like, okay, that's a good, that was a good first showing. And let's see what's, you know, let's see what happens after that. I think I mean, this I, is a mile step up from Halloween and Ultraman yes. though. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I think fully, what's interesting about this game is I felt like the people that bought it before seeing it, mm-hmm. they they were just fine with seeing it. They're like, okay, yeah, I made the right decision. And I think the people that decided not to buy it thought, okay, fine, I made the right decision. I, yeah. I feel like everybody yeah. saw what they expected to see out of it. I don't think that there was any general surprises well, out of anybody, it feels like. So that reveal happened, right? It was the Friday before the pinball award. So I was there and I was there with Zach. And Zach, I mean, he's he's checking his phone all the time because it's like the business never stops. And he's like, well, sold, you know, sold two more uh, Scooby-Doo's from that stream. And sometimes streams are the exact opposite, right? You get you get calls of like canceling orders because they saw streams. So it was, I would say the overall feedback from the stream is good, is good. Um, but yeah, I, I had mentioned Cactus Canyon. I want to bring this up. And 
I will say this game. So Cactus Canyon, this is Zach's Cactus Canyon remake LE. I brought that from his house and this is what I'm streaming until um, I'm assuming Bond 60th or Scooby-Doo or something that's coming out. I had very low expectations for this game. This game, I was told by a lot of people, you will get bored. You will get bored of this game. The code is very shallow. So I just, to me, I don't know. I And I know there weren't a ton of, you know, this didn't have the same love as uh, Monster Bash, Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars. I had very low expectations for this game. I am really enjoying this game. And I know that this is hard for Travis and Tom to understand because like this game... Well, the we, topper lights up. Man, the it has topper, a light that goes back and forth. No, yeah. Okay. The <laughs> topper, why you love it. It's the fine. topper is legitimately impressive. Now, don't get like I have a Deadpool topper. I'm a fan of that. I have the Turtles topper. I will gladly buy the Godzilla topper when it comes out. This topper is a whole nother level. The way it's built, like it is, it is sturdy. I'm pretty sure I could drop this thing and it wouldn't break. Like it is sturdy. Let, and, let's try it right now. <laughs> yeah, let me get on that. But like the topper is what I've had friends and family over. Everybody's like, whoa, they're taking taken back by it but then what is cool though is there are times in the game when you do the to the um whatever the shootout and different things when you hit a drop target anytime you shoot a bad guy the whole guy he like knocks back so there's an audible like knock sound and just having that when you're playing and like hearing it it's it's just one more little bit of sensory you know input that's fun his arms don't go crazy like they did in the video like they're actually choreographed very well and then the topper mode is fun. Like it is a fun, uh, it's way more fun than the video mode would have been. Um, so I will say anybody that's thinking about buying the Cactus, uh, a Cactus Canyon remake, it is worth buying the SE Plus. Like the topper truly is incredible. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. I'm going to shill the heck out of it. But what we were saying though is like, what has blown me away from this game is how much my friends and family have genuinely liked the game. And I think it is because it is so accessible. The The theme is understood. It's cowboys. Um, the theme integration is incredibly well done. The shots, like my wife actually played this game. She actually touched one of my pinball machines. My wife did. And what did she do? She actually hit shots. Like she actually was hitting the center ramp and like it's accessible. It's easy to hit. So you feel like for novice players, you actually feel good. I actually felt good <laughs> playing the game. My brother, we played, we streamed it the other night. He stepped right up and was able to hit shots. And when you can hit things, you feel it's way more fun than bricking. That's for sure. But then like my kids and everybody like, oh, I love that his hat flies up when you hit the bash toy. It's a bash toy. Like bash toys are super accessible. Everybody understands you hit the guy and his hat flies up. Um, the quick draw. The fact that it stops the ball and gives you a little scene where it's popping up targets and, oh, it's very like, what do like, it, you, there's no explanation needed. There's one target that's lit up. It stopped the ball for you. Hit that target. Like, I just, that's the thing. My friends and family actually were hitting the start button over and over and over again. And I just haven't experienced that. I haven't, with all the other games, Zach's let me borrow that this is the first game that like my friends and family have truly enjoyed and walking away from the stream like my brother i would consider him he's gotten to be a pretty decent player he walked away from the stream and he's like that's the most fun game we've streamed and i was like really and 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 i he goes i enjoyed playing that game more than every other game you own except for godzilla that was his one exception but i was like you like cactus canyon more than deadpool and he goes i think i do he, he, he's like, I love Deadpool. I love the theme. 
it's a fun game. It's funny, but he's like genuine though. I had more fun though playing Cactus Canyon. So I don't know. It's just what and that just is. It's 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 screwing me up, guys. It's, do, it's do, do you want to answer why, Travis, or should I? You you can answer first, <laughs> and I'll answer second. Okay. Um. So I I think the reason for that is a couple of things. One mm-hmm. is the rules are extremely easy to understand. Yes. So you hit these three shots, it starts a mode. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's a typical Bally Williams era rule set, whereas you compare that to today's rule sets with Deadpool, Godzilla, oh, yeah. yada, 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 um, they're complex. So they're yeah. harder for people to, the novice people to understand. Um, and then you have, you have really cool toys on that game, honestly. Like you said, you have the, the guy with the hat. Was mm-hmm. that Bart? Yep. Um, you have the gold mine mm-hmm. that raises and lowers. You have the drop targets. Uh, you have the little train that goes by, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's a lot of stuff on that game. Um, the reason I particularly don't care for it. Uh, and I, I shouldn't say that I, I, I like going out to a location and playing it, Okay. but I wouldn't have it in my house cause it's too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I'm, I'll let you talk Travis, but speaking on too easy, like my brother, the second game he played on it, he was actually progressing pretty far in the game. Yeah. The second game he played. Now I explained the rules and whatnot. But I think he had gotten through all the modes. So that's, I think, Stampede. And then I think he had started, uh, what is it, Shootout, um, Showdown, which is when you get all the all the quick draw targets. So it's like he got two through two of the five things just on his second game. And um, and I, I, when we streamed it the other night, that's the first time that I've truly played it for an extended period of time. I was one shot away from the wizard mode. So I had missed Motherload. Motherload is the multi-ball mode, which I will say is awesome. Like the multi-ball, you start multi-ball, all five jackpot shots are hit. Once you do that, then the mode, the, 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 the gold mine scoop is raising and lowering, opening, and you have to time it when it's open. And just like, it reminded me of the Groot head um, when I had a Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Like there's one of the modes, the Groot head mouth is going up and down and you have to time the shot, right? Very cool. Cheering very, bad. very cool. So, but what sucked is I, I drained, I missed it. I missed it. And so... I would have had to grind all the way back into multi-ball to have another chance at it. But that was it. If I would have completed mother load, I did everything else needed to qualify high noon, which is, I think it's high noon. No high noon. Uh, okay. Corral. Yeah. The, the, the wizard mode. So this is something, I mean, I'm definitely going to keep playing this game because maybe if I get to the wizard mode, I'll lose all sense of enjoyment. I don't, I don't know, but even, even just playing it, you know, when I'm streaming, I'm playing a game for two hours straight. It kept drawing me back in. It kept drawing me back in and I wanted to play more, but I don't know, Travis, thoughts on. No, I mean, you're pretty much saying exactly what everybody in pinball kind of knows about it. I mean, it's that that was the thing about it at the very beginning, too. When it went on location, it just there wasn't many of them produced. I think there was maybe like 900 total. And then they ended up going to like pinball 2000 platform or whatever it was back then. So, but yeah, one of the big draws of it, though, for people when they first start playing is that everything is truly a accessible to it. And we keep using this term apparently all, all podcasts long, but it's true because the plunge comes directly to right flipper. So yep. you're never going to get a house ball or anything like that. You really 
don't even have to use the ball save. It's basically a fan layout. There's just really no true dangerous shots in the game. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a big reason why my wife and my kids were drawn to it years ago, because it is on location and original down Oklahoma City as well. So we have plenty of time on it. It just it comes down to things are very easy to start and shots are very easy to hit. So when you mix those two things together, Mm -hmm. it, it provides a good experience. Overall, and this is this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Scooby Doo that you got to be careful of making things too overcomplicated compared to with how difficult the game shoots or how easy the game shoots. And I think with Cactus Canyon, for a lot of people, it's it's easy to approach. Oh, yeah. Now, that being said, because it's so easy to approach, if you have multiple games in your collection, you may and you've mastered them all, like you've gone to say you get to like a wizard mode on like Mandalorian or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of wood chopping, right? You're probably going to destroy Cactus Canyon fairly quickly. That's just the reality of it. And, you know, for a potential buyer, you got to decide, is that worth it to you? Is it worth the topper? Is it worth some of the movement in the game to have something that you may end up eating on a consistent basis? And some people are perfectly fine with that. It's just, and there's other people that as soon as they beat a game, they lose all interest in it. So the last thing you want to do is spend... $10,000, $12,000, however much they are now on a game and then lose interest in it within a month. I totally agree. And I will say the other things that I do enjoy with the game, the XL display, the XL dot display is gorgeous. The speaker lights on this thing are awesome. Like the light show is super impressive. Um, It's just, I, I, CGC as a whole, I'm really impressed. The The game is incredibly well built. It's freaking heavy, like getting this thing down in the basement. Um, and the play field is perfect. Like they, I know they still screen print their play fails, but they're just like, it is a drastic difference comparing that play field to a stern play field. And it, I, I'm just, I'm really impressed. I'm very impressed by this game. But it, it, it impressed me so much that like here I am racking my brain where if I'm in a constant pursuit of four games, four games that I can own, but I want to find that balance of a game that draws me in, but also a game that my friends and family want to actually play and play on their own. It's made me question, do should I should I have a CGC game? Should I have a Medieval Madness or an Attack from Mars or a Cactus Canyon or a Monster Bash as one of those four games? Have a game that's incredibly well done. But is it is, you know, well liked by novice people. And when I was streaming it, there were people in chat that were like, I have a cactus can, you'll never leave. It's my most played game by my friends. And and that's the thing. Just having do I think it's a a one pin collection game? Probably not. You will get bored of it. But in a four pin or larger collection, having a game like that that anybody can step up to and have a good time, it's really made me think about it. It's really made me think about trying to buy one of these. But I'm stuck. Like, I love this topper. I feel like I have to get an LE or an LE or an SE plus. And it's made me look back where it's like, knowing how good this light show is, they don't have those RGB LEDs in Attack from Mars. They never made one that way. They made with, with Medieval Madness, the Royal Edition has that light show and the extended XL display with the lights. But you have to you either have to have the Royal Edition or you have to buy the upgrade kits to upgrade your old one. Um, Monster Bash has that. But I was looking like I'm watching Monster Bash videos. You like fall into modes on this. You just hit a shot three times and you're in the mode. Monster Bash isn't that way. There's a little more complexity to it. 
And I'm curious if that little more complexity is would be a turnoff like to the to the novice people. I don't know. No, well, most people mm-hmm. know what Monster Bash is too, and casuals love that as well. Okay. I mean, seeing Universal Monsters, oh, yeah. seeing Frankenstein come up and down, it's you know, and then seeing Dracula, if you eventually get them started going back and forth. So yeah, these are th- just things from that era mm-hmm. to where the rule sets very much weren't super deep on most of the games, but mm-hmm. it did have certain mechs that were you were able to see very early in the game. And for somebody that's dropping coins into a oh, game, yeah. that makes sense. That's what you want. And so it, it does make complete sense that a novice or a casual would be into something like this. And that's pretty much what they had to do, too, because if you look at it, none of these themes are really licensed themes either. Yeah. So it's not like people are being sold on just the theme itself. I mm-hmm. like they're being sold on the general idea of the theme. So Cactus Canyon, it's mm-hmm. not because, oh, it's Cactus Canyon. It's because, oh, it's it's bad guys. It's a Western. It's stuff like that. That makes more sense. It's the same way Attack from Mars. It's not because, oh, it's Attack from Mars. It's because it's aliens, it's aliens. and you yeah, see yeah. a spaceship. Yeah. So, I mean, these are just decisions, design decisions, coding decisions that were very much based off the era their time. It's like a snapshot. I, I don't think that you would see the same thing really be done too much nowadays. No, I just can't. I can't recall anything off the top of my head. That's really like that well, in general. You so, know, I mean, there's, there's bash toys. There is like walking yeah, dead, but look at stranger know, or, things. Look at yeah. stranger, stranger things. Did you hit three shots and it starts that, the mode? That was going to be the only example yeah. I could really think of. In the middle with a bash yeah. Toy. yeah, like whenever you put a bash toy somewhere, that that is what people associate. I mean, it's just like even Walking Dead. There's people that probably have really no idea what the rules. There's a lot of people that don't even realize what the drop targets do in relation oh, yeah. to prison yeah, yeah. and to the well walker, but they know the well walkers right there. They're just going to hit the shit out of them multiple times till it eventually starts a multi ball. So. Yeah, it, it, you just see hallmarks of that, but I don't think, I can't really recall games being produced that fall into the more Cactus Canyon vibe because it's even like like Munsters, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. They, oh, went, yeah. they went shallower code on that and yep. they did it on purpose. And a lot of people that are still into that theme, at least they do have that bash toy with mm-hmm. Herman. Like you had to have something like that. You had to have that hook. Yeah. with it so i mean that's basically that and stranger things might be the only two things that i can really think of like up close because i know mando didn't have it no you know no i mean even though i had the little dangly target that wasn't something <laughs> that you know anybody really really cared about well, so it's it's really made me think though that like i don't know i see the appeal with a cgc type game in my in my game collection but here i am if, if in my head i'm like well what do i which one should i get should i get if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to do that type of thing, do you go Cactus Canyon? Do you go Monster Bash? Do you go Medieval Madness? Well, the one thing that keeps kind of pulling me towards Cactus Canyon is the potential Lyman 2.0 code. Like, is this game going to have its current code set, which everybody will love? And then is there going to be a deeper version of the game for everyone else to enjoy that when you start, you hold in the flippers or something, you peel the, you pick the other one. Like if that, that would be, that would be the perfect case scenario, right? That would be, give me this game. So all my friends and family can love it every time they play it. But then if I get bored of it, give me the code set that I can go way deeper when like, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. But I also know that's kind of a, it's very up in the air. Is that actually going to happen at this point? I don't know. I don't know that answer. 
We we haven't really heard anything else really about it other yeah. than what I think Josh Sharp went on uh, Jeff Teolis's podcast, Pinball Profile, shortly, you know, after Lyman had passed away. And I think he kind of mentioned code a little bit. But then after that, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't really know anything else about it. I thought I'd heard that they they had they had a really good game plan of all the stuff they wanted to do, but it was Lyman. He's the one that's actually typing in the code. And at this point, I don't know who is going to want to open up that file and start tweaking. Like who who would want to take on that responsibility? Like I don't I don't know. I I I pity the person that does, but at the same time, if you if you're the guy doing it, thank you, thank you for doing it, and and hopefully we can get that code out and finish this code. But I don't, we, I mean, to wrap it all up, I just, overall, I was not prepared to like this game at all. I thought it would be fun. I thought it'd be fun. It'll be a fun thing to play for two, three weeks before I get something else. But this, this game, and maybe it's just, it's the first CGC game remake game I've had. I'm incredibly impressed with the build quality, the, the upgrade to the, like, I don't want to, I have no interest in owning an original Cactus Canyon. All the bells and whistles that they put in this thing are incredibly well done. Um, the topper is incredibly well done. Like this is a fun game. This is a fun game that I'm enjoying. And that's what I was reading in chat when I was playing it. Like people are just like Cactus Canyon is just fun pinball. If you're okay with that to have a good time, but yeah, does it warrant a spot in your collection because you may only have fun with it for 30 minutes and you're bored and you want to go play another game? Fine. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that answer, but that's a personal choice for everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. but we will see. So the challenge there, and this is the segue, is if I was to get a game like this, I would have to give up one of my games. I would have to sell it or trade it. And what's crazy to me is that game, Deadpool, would probably be the one I'd have to sell or trade. And so that's a whole nother thing. Like, am I willing to give that up? I don't know. But that leads me to a really good question. And this was a viewer submitted question, which is, when do you sell a game? When do you sell a game and how do you handle seller's remorse? So, Tom, I don't know how much you want to get into it because I know you have some games going out and a potential game coming in. I don't know if you want to disclose any of that. But mentally, how do you wrap your head around when is it time for a game to leave and then seller's remorse? So you can go first. We'll get in. uh, I'm going to be doing a trade soon, but we'll get we'll get into that in a different episode. Sounds good. Um, But. I, I think I think you're just you get to a point with a game it's like I've seen everything it's just not doing anything for me anymore and it's uh, time to go on to something new new games come out you want to try them out um, but uh, I I have I have bought games back and the magic the second time around just wasn't there. <laughs> okay. Um uh this was more early on I guess but like I I've had uh I had a Starship Troopers and I really liked it when I had it. I got it back and it was just, just wasn't the same. And uh Judge Dread same thing. So um but uh yeah I, it it's just uh I, I, I guess maybe I'd have more buyer's remorse in a smaller collection, kind of, you okay. know, you know, if I had four games, I think it might be a little harder than when you have 35 to 40. What about your emotional, like there are people that they're like, well, I can't sell that game because it's the first game I had. 
or it's I can't say yeah. that game because my son and I refinished the whole game and I can't like there's some of that like Spider-Man was the first game I bought new in box. I still love that game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'll ever sell it. Um, Rush. <laughs> yeah. Will not leave. Well, it's luckily it's a it good game. It will not leave, you know? Joel. Yeah. But luckily it's a good game, right? That's the challenge. Yeah. And yeah. I don't mean this in, I don't mean, uh, you know, Ray, I'm sorry, but there are, there are people that bought Led Zeppelin because it's Led Zeppelin yeah. and that's a dream theme and they just, they don't like the game and now they're stuck. They're stuck because they're like, it's my dream theme, but, but, you know, and I, I think I, I, I will tell you Led Zeppelin, I had a blast on, you can get them now. They're available. They're selling for cheap. I would absolutely encourage people to give it a shot. That game is actually a ton of fun. With that said, though, there are people that that was like, that's their dream team. They have it. And now there's like, it's the emotional pull versus like the actual, are you playing it? You know, if you're not playing the game, that's my, that's my thing. If I own a game and I realize like to be a hundred percent honest right now, when I come down into my basement, if I only have time to play one or two games, the two games that I'm actually playing are Cactus Canyon and Godzilla. Like these are the two. So I haven't put much time on on Deadpool recently, and that's just because I have two other games that are pulling, grabbing my attention. Um, that's kind of my rule of thumb. Another thing that I would highly suggest is make some friends, <laughs> and if you have the ability to trade, a what's game, that like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you have the ability to trade a game, do it. And what I mean by that is. Um, Jurassic Park. I wanted I wanted to play Jurassic Park. I wanted to experience it. I wanted to have it, but I didn't want to commit to buying it and I also didn't want to commit to selling anything. So luckily I had a friend Ryan who's in who's in the area and so he's borrowing TNA, I'm borrowing Jurassic Park. Having TNA now out of the house really makes me, you know, it makes you question like do I miss it? My answer is yes, I do. I absolutely miss having TNA here. I'm looking forward to getting TNA back. But when you have that opportunity to trade away a game and you're like, I haven't been able to play it in two months. I haven't missed it. Well, it's probably time to sell it. It's probably time to sell it. And I've, I've been able to do that with Turtles. Moving Turtles to my parents' house has actually really made me appreciate Turtles more because I play it every time I go to my parents' house. Like It's the only game here. I, I might as well flip it around. It's like, man, I, I miss this game. This is a fun game. Like I, I really... So that's the thing. Like, if make, you have an make sure if you do a trade, you do it with somebody you trust. Yes, and you know they're not gonna like take it out on route or, yeah. <laughs> or uh, sell it on you or what. <laughs> but, but go ahead, can, Joel. Yeah, if you can do that though, if you can get your game out of your house somewhere else, whether it's a trade or let a friend borrow it or something, that I mean, that gives you a taste of what it would be like to sell it. And if you're okay with that, then then there's your answer. Otherwise, if you're like, I, I need it, I need it. Come, TNA, come back to me. I miss you. <laughs> like, like I've sold TNA before, and I regret. Like, I know I won't make that mistake again. But Travis, what are your thoughts? You've gone through games. I mean, well, it, it's there's several different ways you could look at this. So, I would assume. So, what's the conditions that we're going off of? If you have like ten games or less, to where you actually notice the game. Something like, because if you oh, have yeah. it, and, and Tom can probably attest to this, when you have a big collection, it's okay for, some games will go a long time without being played. To right. the point that sometimes you just got to flip it on and just plunge a few balls just to make sure that everything keeps working. I have mm-hmm. a bunch of EMs that I do that with. So this could happen with all eras. What I would probably say, based on, I can't really speak to 
to tell people what to do. I can say how I like to do it. I like to make sure I, I identify my dream themes. So I know it's Walking Dead. I know it's Godzilla. I know it's Avengers. Games like that. And I got extremely lucky that two of my dream themes were designed by Elway. Oh, that's just yeah. that's just like pure luck at this point. But yeah, there's certain games out there. So those three games, I would have a very hard time getting rid of. I, would, I wouldn't say never say never about all of them, except for Walking Dead. And the only reason why is because that's the pen that my family bought for me. And that was the very first pen that I ever owned because of that. So it holds like such a close place to me. It means a lot. That's, that's a good reason for me to never give up on that. But that being said, the strategy I use having that game and knowing that I'll never sell it, that's the game I'm willing to trade with trusted people to bring a game in. Cause I know mm. I'm never going to sell it. And I know I'm okay with not playing it for a few months. So I've done multiple trades in the past for other games to see, to get to play them, to get to figure it out without having to drop six to $8,000 on. It. I've done that a lot. So I would tell somebody find a game or two that, you know, you don't want to sell. Joel's probably missing buy, this. I know, this he's missing works. the Elgato no oh, signal. I, I'm but, trying to find the actual question, but yes, Elgato. But no, it's, that, it's a good, it's 30 minutes. It's like good, it, like, hey, it's, it's okay. I'm listening minutes. to you, Travis. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But no, I, I would say that that's a good reason to have a couple of games in which you know you never yeah. want to sell, or at least it's highly unlikely that you will sell them. Then just be okay with trading it out with the people that you can trust in your local pinball community. That would enable you to play a lot of other games that otherwise you wouldn't get a chance to to get to experience. That's so a, I think that's yeah. an easy way to go about it. And that's why, like TNA, I was totally fine with trading out TNA. Like it would have been interesting if I traded out Deadpool. Maybe that would actually tell me, like, hey, I haven't I haven't had it three yeah. months. Do I do I need it back? Do I miss it? Yeah. I, I I don't know. The actual question here is, yeah, since you all own multiple games, when slash how do you decide to move on and sell a title? I have a hard time letting go, even if it's driving me crazy. Mando, this yeah. is the answer. I've always worried about seller's remorse. I mean, luckily, so, most games, if you if you truly ever had seller's remorse, you can get almost any game back. Well, if you really and here, here's the reality of it, too. If you're not having fun yeah. every single time you're turning on the game, just move on from it. Rip off the Band-Aid. Like, that fun isn't going to all of a sudden come back. And it, you, can, you can decipher if you're just you know, tired of a game for now and you need a break. You can yeah. tell if you're like, like you said a second ago, Joel, you love Deadpool. You know, you love Deadpool, mm -hmm. right? So you're okay with taking a break from it. It's not like as soon as you turn on a game, you go there, you'll say, I'm not having fun with this game. No, but the, bo but the bottom line is there's certain games when you get enough games in, mm -hmm. right? And you've had a game for three years and you've beat it a few times. The code's not getting updated anymore. You know exactly what to do. Maybe you're just like, as soon as you turn it on, you don't get that feeling of joy as soon as you're playing it. So why, why keep on at that point, move, move on from it. Just rip off the bandaid. I promise you, like I felt the same way about star Wars. Love that game. Star mm -hmm. Wars is a dream theme. I love the whole, the whole stuff, like anything to do with star Wars. I love it. Right. But after a while of blowing up the death star, after a while of just playing Han, or Leia over and over and over again, mixed in with some R2D2, throwing around multipliers. I finally just got tired of it. Yep. And I found myself not playing it on a consistent basis. So I moved on from it. I missed it for a little while. But then you know what? Found it on location, put in a couple of games, and I was good. Yeah. I was fine. And then that told me I was perfectly fine with selling the game, getting the money, and not looking back. 
and then moving on to other themes, getting to experience different pinball. And I think that's that's the biggest thing is don't be afraid of taking that chance and experiencing other games and find yeah. ways to play whatever theme that you had a hard time letting go of or whatever game you had a hard time letting go of. Just find a way to play it every now and again. If you have a location nearby or if you know a friend that has it, like if you can have that set up before you move on from the game and you know just kind of your fallback, I mean, that makes it so much easier, in my yeah. opinion. No, and like Mando, that person's like Mando's are available. Like you could sell that right now and worst case scenario, six months from now, boom, you, you can buy another one. But I the only the only pin that I would say is if you're not having fun, wait is like so like Bond. If you own Bond right now, Bond is so far from being done. Like if you're not having fun with the layout, that's not going to change. But if you're just bored because the code's not there, sure. It, I think if it's already there, it's already in your house. If you can wait, you know, another few months and let that code really start to flesh out, then you get a better glimpse of how of of that game. That one, it's it would be hard, but you might just have to wait on that. But a lot of other games, I get it. Like I I know exactly the fun that I'm going to have with Deadpool. But it's that game that you have in the back of your head of like, if I can only have four, is there a game that I would have more fun with? And it hurts me to see when my friends and family come over and then they walk up to the games. What games do they start? They start Godzilla and they're starting Cactus Canyon. Nobody's playing Deadpool by themselves. And it's like, oh, like, <laughs> like I like, why, why don't you like that game? I like that game. Why, why are we not, you know, meeting on that? So I don't know. I'm not. I don't know where I'm at with this, but it's just this, this, this whole Cactus Canyon is thrown a hole. It's, it's, it's really messing me up and I don't know how to feel about it. And, um, it sounds like you're done with all the George Gomez interviews. So it sounds like. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, I, I, when I was at, uh, uh, Zach's barn for the pinball wars, I mean, beautiful games has an amazing collection. Like I stepped up and played as Deadpool and had a great time. You know, there's, there's plenty of games that I was, you know, wanted, Oh, Ooh, you got that. I want to play that. I want to see what that's like. And others I'm like, nah, I, you know, I just walk right by them. Like no interest. Um, so I don't, it's an well, interesting I, question. I think this even brings up another question that a lot of people probably have out there. And it's, if I'm not having fun on a game that I used to have fun on before, but I don't want to let go of it, mm -hmm. how can I, I guess, like spice it up a little bit, you know, figure, <laughs> figure out, figure yeah. out how to have fun with this pin again. So I, I find myself doing that a lot with different pins as well to where I decide to play it completely different than what I would have done before. So even for Star Wars for a little while, I just played Luke all the time and I developed a whole new strategy didn't really care if I was blowing up points. I just cared more about creating the moments with Luke yeah, and finding different paths. Yeah. And so you can do that on a lot of games as well. So if you have a game that's in your game room right now, that you're like, you know what? I haven't played it that much. I just haven't been having fun with it. Take a look at it again and play it completely different than you have before. Like it's a lot of fun playing the Godzilla saucer meta, right? If yeah. you're just tired of just playing Godzilla, just go for saucers the whole time. And it makes the game very interesting mm -hmm. in that way. And so even Walking Dead, play the Well Walker meta the whole time. That'll make it interesting, stacking up with Riot. There's just certain things you could look at with games just to completely change your approach to it and change your path and see if you might have fun that way. And other ways you could do it is maybe lower the difficulty level down from the multiballs. So maybe oh. you, can get, you can get stacks a lot easier. You can do something that you might not be doing on a regular basis when the game set the default or change the modes be easy so maybe your journey to a wizard mode 
isn't quite as daunting. It doesn't feel like you're chopping wood as much. I mean, there, there's or a the lot opposite. of different. If you're yeah. getting to the wizard mode easier, you know, make your game harder, challenge yourself a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Change, change some things. I, I would say the best thing to do would be maybe to change the multi balls to be a little bit more difficult. Okay. So then that way you have a challenge of thinking of thinking your approach differently. And I think that that goes a long way to making a game have more appeal when you can change up how you're approaching it, how you're playing it and what you're actually doing during the gameplay. Okay. No, all good points. All good points. Um, well, we do need to wrap it up a little bit. We're almost at an hour and a half. There was a comment. I'm curious if how much you want to talk about it, Travis, but the only other thing that I have on here is it seems like the industry is slowing down a little bit and I don't know how much, and you're seeing this, I mean, you're seeing this from a, like, you've got all the numbers. You, I mean, you work for a pinball company, but what are your thoughts? I mean, I know there's a lot of excitement coming around the corner. You know, there's some new games coming out soon. TPF, there may be multiple reveals. I don't know if people are just, you know, bunkering up, or I don't know if it's Christmas bills <laughs> or waiting on that tax return. I don't know. So Travis, what are your thoughts on, on that? No, it's, it's like anything else. And we talked about this a little bit off podcast, of course, January and February historically in any industry is typically not as great as quarter four, like quarter one, there's always a dip, right? But yeah, it, it's kind of noticing a noticeable dip at this point. You know, you see certain games that are used games where the price has come way down, down on you see, like I'm actually seeing Godzilla premiums available yeah, right now out there. And so, I mean, that's something that we haven't seen in quite some time. Which is so, crazy though because i know there are distributors that they are so back ordered so some of these big distributors they've got lists that they're not through and yet we got these small distributors that are there's like, others that don't I got them. Yep. so yep, why is available. it that stern distributes them in that manner i mean it's, sales versus sales that are already committed versus new i don't know allocation and purchase orders is like a whole nother Another podcast. I don't even know if we could even talk about publicly anyways, but I will say, <laughs> I will say that, yeah, it, it's noticeable that there is a slowdown that's coming. It's trending. It's probably mm -hmm. already here and we're in the middle of it. I'm very curious to see how that affects used market. And I'm very curious to see how that affects second runs of games. Okay. Coming up. I don't know if we're going to see the same backlog of games. Obviously there's plenty of dealers have James Bonds. They're out. And I mean, I don't recall like Rush sold very well right out of the gate. Very first time mm -hmm. Godzilla did the same thing. First run uh, Mandalorian did great first run. So this is kind of we're just noticing a slowdown with that as well. So when you look at all things considered, this isn't happening just for one company. Scooby-Doo didn't sell out, right? Yeah. Toy Story. TNA they were, didn't sell out. Yeah. Toy TNA didn't, didn't sell out. Yep. Toy Story was like quick out of the gate and yep. then just a falling star came right back. Bond. And there are know? Toy Story, there are distributors that had to cancel. They mm -hmm. they put in orders. Yep. They heard from JJP, hey, your order's ready. And they said, I, I can't, I already have so many in stock. I can't. Right. And and I know there are yep. people, there are distributors doing that with Stern that have you we yep. got Mandos for you. I don't, I, I can't. I already have them. You know? Yeah. So, it, yeah. So what you're going to see is, is there's plenty of other pins coming out. There's other cornerstones. I'm sure at some point we'll see, hopefully we see GTF from American Pinball. You see these, Scooby these Scooby-Doo's coming out. You're going to see more Cactus Canyons coming out. And then of course you're going to have the cornerstones from, from uh, Stern. Yeah. And then of course it's 
been wildly it's been rumored about a jersey jack pen another one coming out and i could i imagine that there's going to be another one at some point this year so yeah there's going to be plenty of options for pinball it's just the question is is there going to be enough people wanting to buy the games or are we going to see the same velocity and it's interesting because it looks like that's starting to trend down a little bit overall if we look at everything all put together and not just yeah, necessarily just picture. one yeah, yeah just not one game because sure one game will sell yeah godzilla's not trimming, <laughs> trimming right. down you know right but it is yeah. interesting that there we saw as of this morning there were godzilla premiums being told that other yes. people have gotten additional allocation of them and there's a reason why people are getting additional allocation of something you know i think we can all figure out why that is so it's like i mean it's a clear sign clear sign of the time so it's interesting. I don't know. It, I'm curious to see what that does to prices overall because prices are rising from a manufacturing standpoint, raw material, inflation still doing whatever the hell it's doing. Oh, and, yeah. On, know, the, curious. Uh, on the free play pinball podcast, that was a question they asked John Borg. You know, it's a part of the game that that's more expensive than people realize. And he very quickly said the cabinet. Like, yes. And I, I you know, the yep. amount of wood that's in that or needed and the wood price are going up, metal, metal back box, or in CGC's case, I mean, that's all wood. Like that's and and he goes, believe it or not, like the the CPUs and stuff, like those are relatively cheap. It's not the electronics. It's the it's the he you know screws and stuff. A screw that used to cost twenty cents is now a dollar and twenty cents. It's just so I, I don't I don't think the general public realizes how much cost has really risen in general and gotten passed on too through other like like take shipping for instance. Oh, yeah. You know, price oh, of yeah. gas has been up and down. It's been all over the place. Now, of course, you know, those those companies aren't going to all of a sudden like charge less for their shipping, you know, and yeah. anybody that sees free shipping, you know, it's it's not free. Somebody's paying for that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And prices, it's just it, it, you're dealing with a lot. Raw materials going up. The cabinet is actually more expensive. Than what people realize with the wood, with the build, with everything. So. Yeah, it's just when you see these prices, I think people would be very surprised about what things actually cost because there is a lot of misinformation out there in terms of thinking that, oh, there's not much cost into these games when when there is. And obviously, there's always going to be a markup across the board because somebody's got to make money to stay in business and pay employees. That's just the way it is for any industry in general. So it's a good point. It's just something we're seeing. I thought it was worth addressing. Um the only other thing I could think worth addressing, looking now that you have your games on, Tom, all I'm seeing is your expression light kits and, and Led Zeppelin and Rush, and you have the, the Ninja Mod light kick in the speakers. Those speakers look sick. And your Star Trek in the background with the lasers. This is... Looks yeah. nice, doesn't it? It looks real good. I, I'm jealous that he has the Rush expression lights. Uh, you and everyone else. Super jealous of that. Yeah. How's it feel, Tom? To Feels be- good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can wrap it up. We Love can, Tom. Uh, yeah, Tom's the best. I, I, Tom, I, do you have any other thoughts on that? I mean, do you feel the industry or is this something you're seeing or I don't know, overall thoughts on where you're at in the hobby? Like, and are you waiting on stuff? I mean, what do you think? I'd like to see some new stuff come out. It seems like it's just been a long time. Yeah. Well, it's it's unfortunate. Just the the energy behind Bond, it just drops so quickly. And, and then the 60th took so long to get it to even be revealed that, and now that's happened, but no stream. We're just waiting. I think we've just, it feels like we've been in a weird holding pattern for like two months and 
we're waiting to see. But I think we're going to see a lot. I think there's going to be a lot. Times, Joel. Dark times, but like even me from a selfish standpoint, like I'm pretty sure I'm going to be streaming Spook uh, Scooby Doo relatively soon. I'm going to be streaming Bond 60th relatively soon, and that's February, March. There's going to be another Stern game coming out soon. Like there's a lot coming. GTF can't. Whenever that shows up, I'm ready. I don't know. There's a lot coming that I think should be really, really fun. But all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Plug it up, Travis. Plug away. What do you got? Uh, you guys can find me on this YouTube channel and this uh, audio <laughs> podcast, the Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. And you can also uh, find me creating my own show that I'm going to call Joel and Not His Friends. <laughs> it's Flip It Out With Friends. Flip It Out With Friends. You just don't make the list anymore, Travis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, thank you for being here. Thank you for wearing that shirt. That shirt looks great on you. Thank you. I love it. I'm going to yeah. wear it probably at... Probably at District 82 during yeah, the tournament you should. as well. You should. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Tom, yeah. Plug yeah. away. Uh, find me at Fox City Spinball. Perfect. <laughs> With all the social, all the everything. Do you have any tournaments or anything crazy coming up? Sign up uh, that people are going to Yeah, we got, a, we got a big uh, tournament uh, this coming weekend, uh, the winner 3X. Nice. So it's a big deal for a Whopper farm, so... Okay, so rest up. That's this weekend, so tomorrow, yeah. You ready to, I'm assuming. Well, not, well I, I was thinking when this would actually drop. Oh, so. So okay, Way to go, it, Joel. It. It's okay. They get ahead. I'm living in the moment. He's actually I, being I don't, real. I don't blame him for not voting for us now, Tom. <laughs> it makes so much sense now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Tom, for pointing that out. Appreciate sure. it. And, uh, yeah, I'm Joel. I, I, I do, um, well, obviously, this podcast. But then, yes, every Wednesday, 10 to midnight, Eastern Standard Time, the Flipping Out pinball stream on YouTube. Uh, we'll do a Flipping Out with friends this week. Sorry, Travis, you won't be there. And um, and then we'll be streaming. I just alternate every other week. So check out those videos, like, subscribe, all the things. Um, and, yeah, if you're enjoying the video here, you know, like, subscribe, all the things. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So, um, Tom, like always, you get the last words. Mystery Castle in disc 2024.